welcome to another episode of the Sports Mecca Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Abramo. As always, I'm joined by my partner, Sam Hengeli. Today, we have the opportunity to speak with James Madison University women's basketball player, Kiki Jefferson. Kiki, thanks for coming on. We appreciate the time today. Thank you for having me. Of course. We've had a slew of women's college basketball players lately. Similar to you, they've completed their season a few few months ago to start, you know, talk to Sam and I about what your off-season schedule has been like and how you've been managing your schedule since the season ended. Um, so like I said earlier, we uh, finished our fall semester, spring semester, May 9th, and then we had about two weeks off, and then we started back up this Monday of our, our summer session. So Monday we started summer classes, and I'm in an internship, so I've been waking up, going to my internship, and then I have I would have an individual, then lift, then pick up, and then go back to my internship so I can get complete my 40, 400 hours in 10 weeks. But um, throughout the week, we have three days of pickup, two individuals, and then lift every day with two, two days of conditioning. How do you think you've been able to, to manage that schedule? Uh, compared to high school, I think I've grown a lot. Um, I've always been a kid that was just out doing anything, never in the house. So uh, time management is very key in college. And uh, I think my coaches helped me and just my teammates helped me like, we have like this app, it's called Teamworks. And it's like, it has like exactly where we need to be, what time we need to be there. And it sends it, I think an hour, 30 minutes before and then 15 minutes before. So it keeps us, keeps us up in time management. Yeah, that's a great. And, you know, whenever we ask college athletes, they'll come on the show and they always mention the transition from the high school sport that they played at to then playing at that sport at the college level. It's tough, yes. especially with the time management. They have to just completely get used to it. So you're probably not alone. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's always tough. So you just finished your junior season, averaged mm-hmm. very, very good numbers, close to 19 points per game, two assists. For you yourself, how would you you know assess your performance this past season this year at James Madison? I would say it wasn't an ideal season. We were 14 and 15, and I've never been – I've never had, a, like, a losing record. So it was different. And then um, we were we were in the CAA. James Madison was in the CAA, so we're, now we're moving to the Sun Belt. So um, the CAA can't uh, kick us out of the um, – or suspended us from the CAA uh, tournament. So that was different. So, like, it was based off of our non-conference schedule to be able to play – for the, um, in the NCAA tournament. So just having that in the back of my mind all season was like difficult, but um, just our schedule was just tough this year, I think, but it was, it was worth it. Mm-hmm, for sure. Just like you just mentioned three years of college experience under your belt, you know, how, how do you think you've been able to transform your just overall game throughout your first three years? You know, what do you think you've improved on the most in your college tenure? What are things that, you want to just continue to, to improve on? Um, I definitely want to continue to improve on my left hand and just being more physical with and without the ball, um, shooting better at a higher percentage, um, being able to rebound. Uh, I think my leader or my roles have changed throughout my freshman year all the way up to my senior year. Um, coming in, I was, I came in as a freshman, well, obviously a freshman, but my freshman year I came in, we had five seniors. So I knew that I'm not going to take the backhand role, but I knew like, I wasn't going to be the star anymore. 
So I just came in here and worked as hard as I could. I ended up um, working towards a starting position. And then at when that, once that started, I was like a leader. I was a vocal leader. And then going to my sophomore year, the freshmen came in. They looked at me like for answers and stuff. And then my junior year, I was more of like the off-court leader and the vocal leader on the court. And then uh, I think my sophomore year and my junior year, I was the go-to player when we needed a bucket. Um, they knew it like it was coming to me. Um, I'm the leader that like if the un underclassmen need to talk about anything, they I feel I feel as though they can come to me and talk about anything. So what are those conversations that you that you have with those underclassmen or at least try to establish with them? Always, I always, I always want I, I always try and remind them that they are here for a reason. Although it may not be going the way they I, they thought about or they um, imagine it to, I tell them to stick the course and um, everything's gonna be okay. But the hard work will pay off. How would you describe your game as a as a whole? I'm a driver. I've been working on my pull up. I'm kind of hard to guard. If I have a little post on me or a little guard on me, I'll try and post you up. If I have a big bigger guard, bigger girl on me, I can beat you off the dribble since you started playing your basketball career and how that's kind of turned into high school and college, is there a certain player that's played in the WNBA or possibly college before you that you've tried to emulate your game after? My coach sends me film on like Katie, Jason Tatum. Um, I really like Candace Parker. I try and like do what she does. Cause I feel as though like she's a post with guard skills and I'm pretty tall for a guard. Sue Bird, like all the greats in, in the WNBA. Maya Moore, Alyssa Thomas. You played organized tackle football at the age of seven. Yes. How was that experience playing, you know, that, that sport? Were you the only girl that played in this league? And just how was that? I was the only female, the only one from A to I think we had D, D team. I think that's kind of what made who I am today. I know when we play pickup right now, I don't really call fouls because I've always played with boys. I've always been the little girl playing with boys. So um, tackle football has always been like something that is like, I think that like made me tougher than other girls today. Did you only last one year? When did your parents decide, or maybe they asked you like, oh, do you want to continue playing? Um, my dad wanted me to play. My mom was like, nah, she's done. So, um, I got into flag football, but it wasn't, it wasn't as fun as tackle football. Cause I wanted to get down and hit the boys, but my mom was like, nah, I think we're going to stick with basketball. Once you decided to stick with basketball, at what point did you realize that you can take this sport to the college level? At a young age, I think that I knew and everyone knew I had talent. Um, I didn't really, I wouldn't say understand, but I didn't really look to like, oh, I can go to college for basketball until maybe when I got my first letter in like fifth or sixth grade, I was like, oh, wow. Like, okay, I can do something with this. So, yeah. First letter in fifth or sixth grade. What, what, what school is this? Uh, Villanova. Sorry. Villanova is my first offer. I think either Memphis or something like that was my uh, first letter. Oh, so, so when you got that letter from Memphis, did you keep that for a couple of years or did you just say to yourself, 
oh man, like this is great, but I'm just going to kind of focus on, you know, my own thing right now. I definitely did keep it. I had like this binder with all my letters on it. And then when they started to get out of hand, I had like, I put, um, take them to my wall in my bedroom. I never let it get to my head. Mm-hmm, for sure. And that's sometimes it's tough for, for high school athletes when they're getting all these recruitment letters coming in. It's so easy for them to just get tied up and, and have, I wouldn't say a big head, but just yeah. they, lose, they lose focus. They lose yeah. focus of what the goal at hand is. You know, and that's kind of what leads me to my next question. You know, did that ever, getting all these offers, did that ever, you know, take you down the wrong path when you were finishing off your high school career? Um, I'd say no. I mean, I posted my letters on social media just so I can, like, inspire, like, the youth and the little kids around where I'm from. But as far as, like, getting cocky and being big-headed, my family always, like, instilled into me, like, it can be gone and by tomorrow. So like, it's just a letter, it was just an offer. Like you got to keep working so that when you do get to your freshman year, you're not sitting out or you're not on the bench or anything like that. So I think my family and then just the people around me just kept me in the gym, kept me focused on my main goal. So you grew up in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, went to play high school ball at Lancaster Catholic High School. Talk about just the entire environment the the setting that that you witnessed in Lancaster was there a lot of girls that were playing at a high level that you were at or were you just dominating at, at that age um I would say Lancaster's love um for me uh as far as like girls playing at my level there wasn't girls that could play like um I wouldn't say could play but that would play at my level but um they were also like, they had a love for the game. There was, I know my um, high school team, they had talent. So we had a shooter, we had a post player, we had all of that, but um, they had other sports. A lot of them were soccer, um, field hockey, track. So it was never like, in my in my case, basketball was like everything. So I would never put anything in front of basketball. They would put like maybe soccer in front of basketball or maybe like their other sport in front of basketball. As far as like my level, there's nothing there. I had, I played for Philadelphia Bells, which is like a local, um, not a local AAU team, but it's a pretty good AAU team. And um, out of Philly, there's like Maryland Bells. They are Philly Rise right now, but I played for there. So we had to drive about three and a half hours to like for competition. Now, is it true you scored 2,500 points in your Lancaster career? Yes. Wow. Do uh, you mention that to a lot of your current teammates of James Madison or do you just not mention that no I don't mention it at all man I feel like that'd be something you kind of throw out that humble brag about be like hey I got 2500 but um but it, it depends on the person right but um, I can see where people would but that's in high school right so we we talked a little bit about the college recruitment you talked about got that first offer from Memphis fifth to sixth grade from Memphis and you, you did get a recruitment letter from Villanova. What other schools were, were in on you? And then what really became the ultimate decision for you to play at James Madison? So I had offers from West Virginia, Colorado, Rutgers, Penn State, Nova, uh, here, Boston College, Wisconsin, Seton Hall, a couple more, but my top three are my last three were um here Boston College of Villanova I've chose here because it was like it was a lot like Lancaster Catholic it was um 
family oriented. Um, we had a coach that was like bought in. I didn't want a coach that was like sitting on the sideline coaching. Um, coach O'Regan is like very bought into his players, um, bought into the game. I mean, he watches film more than we do. If he could put a jersey on and be a woman, I think he would do it every day. But uh, it was definitely like love. Um, I love the teammates. I love the facilities around here. I loved um, just everything about Harrisonburg when I took my visit. So I knew that, and it wasn't too far from home. So at that time, but I knew that um, JMU is where I wanted to call home for the next four. For for those who who might not really know that didn't have the experience to to play at a high school level and then get recruited by colleges. Just walk us through what that experience is like of like getting contacted by all these schools. So um, your freshman year, sophomore year, and a little bit of your, your junior year, coaches can't contact you right away. Um, so they were going through my AAU coaches, my high school coaches, um, maybe my trainers and definitely my parents. But once it hits, uh, September 1st of your junior year, they can um, start contacting you and uh, so one-on-one. So a coach like uh, Coach O'Regan, September 1st, they can all, your junior year, they can all like call you, email you, DM you, everything um, directly because you're into the hotspot of your recruitment. But I think um, my recruitment was, it was fun. My uh, official visits were very fun. The different visits that I took were very fun. The relationships I made with coaches that I had to say no to to at the before committing to JMU was hard but um that's where you see like who really loved you throughout the recruitment process and some of the coaches like if I see them out on the circuit I'll say hello and they'll say hello back like it's it's true love genuine love yo there are many events coming up in the world of sports it'd be great to be in attendance for such where can we get tickets SeatGeek you see SeatGeek is an app that can help you find the best seats with the best deals SeatGeek shows you different tickets available with green being the best deals and red not being the hot deals. The best part is it shows you where you'll be sitting at the event. If you use the code SPORTSMECCA, you could get $20 off your first purchase. Get your seat at SeatGeek today. Talk about a little bit about your pregame and uh, pre-practice routine. Every player uh, has to go through it, uh, even athletes in other sports. Talk about what you do uh, right before practice in a game. Okay, so right before practice, I get to the um, locker room, might eat a few snacks. Um, I might go to rehab treatment, and then I go out there early to shoot, and then we practice, and then after I get some shots up, and go shower and all that. And then before the game, uh, coming into my freshman year, I really didn't, I didn't eat that well. I still don't eat that well, but uh, pregame I would eat like hot Cheetos, blue airheads, like all the candy, everything you weren't supposed to eat before a game, but I ate it. Um, now it's more of like pasta, chicken, uh, salmon, all stuff like that, fruits, um, make sure you're staying hydrated. We have electrolytes, water, Gatorade. I listen to music definitely. Um, on a speaker, I yell, sing, everything. And then I get to the locker room, put my uh, uniform under my, my everything on. And then I go get taped up or I do some treatment. Then I go get taped up and then I go out, do extra shots. And then the team will come down or the team will come out, we'll warm up and then start playing the game. Thought about with like the candy. I thought about Lamar Odom because he, uh, he would eat like a bunch of candy like during the yeah. day. Yes. Yeah. So when it comes to like 
I guess shooting wise, do you do a lot of form shooting before uh, you start the day or like practice? Um, so I start in closest to the basket. You do about 20 shots. Then you do off the backboard and then you start progressing back. I think it's 20. We do 15, 10, 5, uh, or no, 3, 5, and then 5. Awesome. For any young players out there, uh, remember, you don't want to start out at the three-point line when no, you're you starting don't. shooting. You, want to, you have to start on close. You got to get those mechanics right. So Yes, every time. Yeah. So the 2020-21 season, very, probably the most difficult year to be a student athlete with COVID. It was even like towards last year when everything got canceled. Uh, talk about how uh, the team handled COVID. Were there some cancellations? Did you have like COVID problems that with the team? And uh, how did you uh, overcome that adversity? Thankfully, and just anything, but um, my team, actually, uh, we, didn't, we didn't have any COVID cases, so none of our players had to sit out. We didn't have to cancel any games or anything like that. But uh, just going through the season was never, it, you never really knew if you were actually going to play. Like, I know one day, we, play, we practiced Wednesday, we practiced Thursday, and then coming in the shoot-around, uh, we got a call, our coach got a call while we were literally doing our underneath shooting or something. He's like, uh, somebody tested positive on the other team, so our game for the weekend was canceled. Um, they switched up the schedule, so instead of playing Friday and Sunday, we would play Saturday, Sunday, and we would play the same team, either home or away. We wouldn't play them, we wouldn't play them both home and away. So Saturday, Sunday, we'd play the same team at the same location. So that was different. Practicing and playing with uncertainty was like very like different. It was it, it was you had to be mentally strong for that year. And I I give credit to any student athlete that went through it. Yeah, absolutely. With the cancellations, at least it didn't happen like the day of when you were like on the bus or like right there. That would have been a really, really yeah. rough. One game we were in the hotel. They were like, just pack up. We're going back to Harrisonburg. Ugh. Yeah, it was crazy. So uh, I want to kind of want to go back a little bit right into your freshman year going into high school. Obviously uh, things get a little if the game feels really easy as you continue playing it throughout high school, the game can get slower. Talk about like your first game and like, what was like the biggest adjustment you had to make to become a successful college player going from uh, playing at in high school. So playing in high school and playing in college, um, I would say the, the most thing that you have to remember is being, you have to be mentally strong for the um, change. Uh, my coach, he always knew like I was a basketball player. And when I say that, it's like game time, I was always ready. So he helped me like understand and, and take pride. Um, checking into my first game, I don't think I was nervous because I, I understood um, I practiced with some of the best players in JMU. So um, I was ready. We had a, a little bit of a lead. He put me in. Uh, Kamaya Smalls gave me the uh, pass on the three-point line, and I knocked my first shot down. That's that's awesome. Uh, in uh, in Pennsylvania, do they have do they do shot clock? No, but in AAU they do. So I was a little nervous coming from AAU to um, college because I didn't understand that when you first pass the ball in, you're at 30, um, 30 seconds, but when it hits the rim, it goes down to twenty or 15, twenty or fifteen, and then when there's a foul. The shot clock changes, so I just knew, like, run the play, and then the first read you get, try and score. In Kansas, we don't have shot clock either. I just don't understand why high schools haven't adapted to the shot clock yet. Yeah. It makes the game so much better, and uh, I think you make sure learn how to make quick decisions. 
Yes, I like playing with a shot clock because I remember in, in high school and even in middle school, people would hold the ball and I'm like, you're just wasting time. But with a shot clock, it makes the game a little bit faster. Yeah, absolutely. And I, we all love the faster game. Uh, one thing uh, I was looking up uh, your profile and you're a, you're a sports uh, recreation uh, management major. Uh, talk a little bit about uh, what you're hoping to accomplish with that degree and are you, is coaching something you're, you you want to do one day? Yes. Um, so I definitely want to play professional as long as I can. Um, people are telling me the ball may stop, the ball may stop. That's something I don't believe, but if it does stop, I do want to become a coach. I don't know at what level yet, but, um, coaching is like something I look forward to. Um, maybe a recruiting coordinator. I like talking to people and getting to know people, um, just taking care of people, uh, teaching people, and then right now I'm doing my internship with uh, the equipment um, side of our or of men's basketball. It's not something that I think I would always do, but um, learning the new things and just being there every day. Um, it's something that if I had to do, I would do. What's uh, one thing you've learned from your internship so far? And has you have you learned more about how college basketball works, both men's and women's? Yes. Um, so our Dobo is sometimes in the equipment room, but as far as like making sure uh, our equipment lady has to make sure that everything's on our loop, different players like different things. Like I like short sleeve, but our post player might like a long sleeve. I like an arm sleeve, but our point guard might not like that. Um, people like ankle socks rather than longer socks. People like tight, long compression shorts, uh, short compression shorts. So just knowing your personnel and being able to make sure that your inventory matches exactly what you have is just very key because if somebody comes and says, can I have a black sports bra and you only have white in your inventory, it may say that you have a black one, but you really don't. So just making sure everything is um, uh, together. That's awesome. Um, got a couple more questions. Uh, what is one thing in college athletics right now that you're experiencing that like that you would want to change for the better for all of college athletes? Uh, mental health. I think that um, that's very key. Um, Nothing matter if you play a lot, you don't play a lot. I think mental health is very serious matter. It's very important. Um, I think sometimes uh, not only the fans, but um, I, th I just think everybody forgets that although we are student athletes, we're human. Um, I think that people take that for granted. Um, they think that we're just athletes. And I think mental health is very, very, very important. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I've seen like uh, commercials like Coach K, Jawan Howard, and many other uh, coaches. They have the Alliance for Mental Health. So a lot of progress that is being made right now, but still a lot of progress that still needs to be made for mental health for um, not just college athletes, but for uh, everybody in general. I agree. I agree. So uh, I got one more question for you. Uh, so to anybody out there who try to chase the dream maybe they want to be a professional basketball player maybe they want to play college basketball or maybe a high school player or maybe it's not that maybe they want to be like a an actor or actress or be a doctor or lawyer or anything and what advice would you give to those uh, people out there chasing a dream um i would say the storm won't last forever and can't last forever um the work you put in is the outcome that you deserve that you will get um stay positive through it all um, understand that people, some people are out there to help you. So if you're going through something bad, talk about it. Stay true to yourself. It's a business, but um, 
just have fun. Um, the moment you stop loving it is the moment you stop having fun, you'll lose the love for it. And just like I said, stay positive and just be strong. Awesome advice. Love that. Kiki, you know, you've, you, you probably would know the business of, of college athletics is changing. A lot of college athletes are trying to get deals done with the NIL. Have you been looking at potential deals? Have people been coming for you for that? And uh, what's your, your plan for that? Um, I, ha- I currently have a few NIL deals. One is uh, Universal Soul. It's out of Lancaster. It's a sneaker um, company. Uh, if you guys ever go look it up, it's universalsoul.com. Uh, you can use my code Kiki30 for $30 off anything over $250. But um, I'm also um, one of my uh, mentors or like my big brothers back home. He has a clothing line. It's for, um, I think it's suicide awareness. It's about, uh, it, I wear it all the time, but it's um, Love Yourself or The Hood Hippie. And it's just like a clothing line to tell you, like, it's, it's definitely for student athletes, but anybody can wear it. But he's was a college football player at Towson, and he went through a hard time, and um, clothing was something that, like, he wanted to wear on him. I'm open to learn about any any NIL deals. The podcast, I love it. I thank you guys again for having me. But anything, just to be able to get my story out there, my name out there, um, anybody, just to get JMU out there. Um, my city out there, my family out there, anything. If someone wants to reach out to you about a potential NIL deal or just learn more about you, what's the best way that they can contact you? Um, I'm opening up my Instagram DM, starting to check those more. You can follow me on Instagram at Kiki Jefferson 30. Um, I'm on Twitter at Kiki Jefferson 30. Uh, Facebook, Kiki Jefferson. Uh, my email is just call me Kiki, no T, um, 717 at gmail.com. Uh, I won't get my number out, but definitely my social medias are there. Thank you so much for coming on, talking about your story of growing up, playing a little bit of football, but then obviously turning into playing basketball, developing as a great player. Sam and I really appreciate it. Thank you guys again for having me. Uh, Wishing you nothing but the best. For those who are listening to our show for the first time, all our past and future episodes are available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Also, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at The Sports Mecca.